Hey everybody, so I know I said I was going to do a bonus episode giving a background of the Here We Are podcast. I started recording it. I was like an hour in and it just felt kind of long-winded. I was getting self-conscious. I was like, does anyone care about this or is this even stuff I should be sharing? I, I don't know. I I just started second-guessing doing it and so I still plan to. I just put it off for a while and I'm rethinking it because I feel uncomfortable talking about myself for three hours. Maybe you guys do want to hear my whole spiel Um, and you can always just not listen but uh, I don't know just like felt self-indulgent or like I don't know I just a lot of second guessing Um, and I wasn't comfortable and I took a break and I, I put it off so I'll maybe get to that eventually I'm rethinking it maybe gonna tighten it up or something like that so uh, that's what happened with that episode, but uh, we have a great regular episode of the Here We Are podcast today for you. Also, check out Libro.fm for all of your audiobook needs. Offer code Here We Are to get three months for the price of one. Libro.fm is a way of supporting your local indie bookstore. Book recommendation of the month, V.S. Ramachandran's The Telltale Brain is one of the most fantastic audiobooks I've ever listened to. Learned so much about um, the things that can go wrong with the mind and what it says about how the brain works and just incredible stuff, incredible author. Uh, and he was on Stand Up Science in San Diego, one of the biggest guests that I've gotten. And uh, it's I, I maybe read this book six years ago or something like that. And I still think about it all the time. So that's one. Go to Libro.fm, offer code here we are for three months for the price of one. And you're supporting your local bookstores. They're splitting the profits. You get to pick your local bookstore and uh, and it downloads through them. It's the only audiobook company doing it. It's the same price, same selection as other audiobook companies. So it's the only way to go. Also check out Stand Up Science, adding more dates, all uh, getting my summer lined up, getting UK stuff uh, confirmed, and uh, doing a little thing outside Budapest as well. Lots of lots of stuff on the horizon. Working on planning the fall, the big fall tour, and really getting the ball rolling on the major stand-up science um, routing. I've been having a bunch of sporadic things pop up, which now I need to kind of figure out how to string my routing together to stay on the road. Like I hoped, it's um, it, it's all. It's all a lot of work, but I've been really encouraged by all of your emails with venue suggestions for, once again, 150-seat venues in your area or around there, up to 250, as as small as 100-seaters. I've even done some, like, 90-seaters. But, yeah, you guys have been sending me emails for those, and we've been putting them on a map and figuring out the routing and hopefully a lot more details soon. Very excited about that and excited for you to hear today's episode. Are we? Yes. 
Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Today, I am with Assistant Professor of Organizational Behavior at the Keen and Flagler Business School at University of North Carolina. Avul Caesar is joining me today. Hello. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks for coming. First off, you're doing stand-up science tonight. I'm very excited to have you. You're actually the first person. You've done stand-up comedy a couple times I have times done stand-up yourself. comedy, yes. And and thanks so much for having me both uh, for this podcast and also for the show. Yes, I am thank excited. Thank you for being on board for both. Uh, <laughs> especially I, I had a little free time open up and, and you were able to make the podcast work. So, so the listeners get to hear from you as well as the stand-up science Wonderful. people hearing from, from you live. So, um, I'm excited that you're here. How? Uh, when, what's your What's your stand-up background so far? What have you you do a few open mics? Uh, yeah, I do. I do uh, open mics. So I started last uh, summer. Okay. Uh, well, was it last summer? Maybe like a little more than six months. Like maybe eight months, nine months. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a workshop class with a friend, and I absolutely loved it. Um, because there's a lot of uh, common things, I think, between doing social science and being a comedian. Yeah, like what? <laughs> um, well, uh, our our job is to, at least the, the things that I'm interested in as a researcher, I'm a behavioral scientist, so I'm very interested in identifying odd behaviors mm-hmm. uh, in the world and sort of provide um, some some help if, if possible. Uh, or just un- understand the root causes of that behavior. And I think uh, the real funny things in life come from real frustrations, uh, being very confused, or like it, it, that, that core feeling of both are, the, are yeah. very similar. Um, yeah. So that's, that's why I, I, I think I love uh, doing stand-up. And I do lots of open mics. I do um, about two, three open mics a week. Oh, look at uh, you. Yeah, yeah right. I know. I go and just try it out <laughs> that's that's great that's terrific yeah I, I mean much of much of comedy is is trying to notice things that other people aren't noticing and reveal some of those kind of uh hidden or unnoticed or underappreciated um truths yeah. uh, maybe truths uh, yeah, of the yeah. world and and that's uh, that's a lot of what science is trying to uncover as well i've, I've always thought they pair pretty well together. yeah absolutely also the feedback is very quick and honest in both you know like if if an, if an experiment uh, does not yield the results that you expected it, it means you were wrong and for the joke yeah <laughs> the feedback is the most honest feedback in the world people laugh or you get the sympathy laughter if you're lucky <laughs> Or just silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know what. Uh, well, it's good that you have an ear for the uh, that you know the difference between the sympathy laughter and the real laughter because, <laughs> or maybe you do, maybe you don't. I haven't seen you yet, but, but <laughs> yeah, some we'll some, find out. Yeah. <laughs> Some uh, some comedians uh, some comedians do not know the difference between those those two. Yeah, labs. that's uh, that that bias is something to study as a researcher, maybe. It, you know, why yeah, do you think really, they are funny? It, it really, it, it, and and some people definitely have. Uh, it, I mean, I'm I'm sometimes quite envious because 
I pick apart everything that I do um, all of the time. After every set, I think about how I could have done it better and what I what I did wrong. After after this podcast interview, I'll 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 be like, was this spiel that I'm doing right now is this too long? Do I need to cut the? And I overanalyze everything. Whereas some some comedians just get, get on it can be their first time ever and they're just brimming with confidence and <laughs> and the, it can just be nothing but crickets uh, and they're just like i just killed it yeah and sometimes i wish i was that oblivious yeah overconfidence <laughs> is a thing and probably it's working for them in the sense that they feel good at least i think i mean a lot of times i see someone like that i'm like man i should just write jokes for that person and they would <laughs> they would do quite well yeah Yeah. Um well I I wonder what is I think stand up is maybe more cutthroat than science is but that's not as in terms of like to make a living doing stand up is near impossible but <laughs> it's definitely stand ups are lazier than academics <laughs> and also we don't we don't have a publication process yeah that, i think that would be irritating that's in term when you're talking about feedback yeah that's I right i think that would be yeah uh, difficult yeah yeah there are there are some uh <laughs> some obstacles in academia that make it a little hard you know publication process is long although i think the the thing about stand up is it's a very um I think that that stage is very or- organic and uh, m- my experience so far but it I want to emphasize again I'm an amateur <laughs> I'm just a practicing person for stand up um it it is a um, paradoxically insecure and brave at the same time um and and that's very distinct about academia I think in academia uh, you uh, well you know we we it's it's a long process it's a brutal feedback because you get lots of rejections um but in stand up it's like in your face uh, at least in the in the academic process in publication process there's all these anonymous reviewers it's a long process you don't you don't see that that much uh, mm. but in stand up I think um it's a terrifying moment you know when you make a joke and when you laugh and the people don't don't laugh yeah that's like, it. i like a nice <laughs> cringe face when i really took a swing at yeah. a new premise and it just failed miserably and and uh, every uh, people a couple people like i i like the looking around at one another like was that funny am i supposed to be laughing at that that's always a good feeling yeah cringe is a thing <laughs> or vicarious embarrassment is a thing in stand up you know people sure, are like sure. oh this was terrible yeah um Yeah, it's uh yeah, it, it is it's it's well, one thing is with with science usually when you have a finding it replicates or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of predictive power there. I don't know how if there's the same level of predictive power with stand up yeah, because probably not. there's a lot of jokes that work 90% of the time or something like that and then Sometimes 10% of the time they can fail real miserably. Yeah, yeah. And it depends on <laughs> I, I, I mean the your findings are going to be the data is going to be the data no matter what the audience is yeah. whereas I uh, I'm sure you found out you have to tweak your material here and there and change your delivery depending on yeah, the absolutely. audience where you are, how the set's going. 
So, uh, well, here we could sit here and talk about the uh, com- compare <laughs> comedy and, and science for an hour, but but I'm sure the listeners yeah. want to want to hear at what least, what you actually do. Yeah, at least if tonight goes bad, I can say that was just an experiment. I just I was not funny on purpose. On stage. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just are you to collect some data. Be, or are you planning <laughs> to be funny tonight? Because you don't need to be. I I mean, I've never. This is a unique situation because That's I usually. Right. Uh, when I when I email academics, I say I make a whole point to be like, yeah, I'm asking you to do a science talk. Yeah. Don't don't uh, you know? I'm not asking you to do stand up comedy. I wouldn't put that kind of pressure on you. But you actually have. <laughs> do you have science jokes regularly in in your act already? Uh, well, so in in my act, I I talk a lot about my personal life, personal frustrations or confusions or sure. things that I find odd myself. In myself, honestly, um, but uh, and I, I, this is a little interesting. But your question about do you are you going to try to be funny is interesting because I'm not sure if I try to be funny even in stand up. I just want to tell the truth mm-hmm. in a very masterful way. So the delivery and timing and your tonation, all these things do add to funniness, as you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I find i discovered in these past nine months six months however long i've started doing stand-up uh the more true it is the more funnier it is right if i try to make it funny it almost uh you know it may not work because then it's just such a uh practice joke so hopefully tonight i won't try to be funny but I'm a judgment and decision-making researcher, and this is all about uh, people's odd behavior, uh, you know, the mistakes that we make without even knowing, without even realizing. And there's a lot of funniness about that. Uh, So I think even the research topics that I study are a little funnier because those are the topics that people can relate to, just like the material in stand-up. So hopefully I won't try to be funny, but I expect people find it at least amusing. <laughs> I don't know if they will laugh or not, but I think when I talk about both... Um, it's a very easy audience. The people there are ready super to laugh. excited to be there. Yeah, it's also Sunday right. night. It, I mean, Sunday, Sunday blues it's, or jokes and signs, of course. It, yeah. <laughs> jokes and signs. It's a very, it's a really unique show. People really get a kick out of it and they're, and, and they're really, uh, they're especially rooting for the academics because... I, they they know that I'm putting you guys in a <laughs> peculiar kind of situation. So so I, I'm sure you're going to do great. It is. Do you find that um, that because comedians not not that you know there's you got uh, uh, Louis C.K. in a little bit of trouble here and there, but I, I I think that for the most part comedians have the fewest skeletons in their closets just because they mine every skeleton that they have for <laughs> material we, we are we're we're intentionally trying to expose every little dark secret of ourselves and everything that we that we don't like about ourselves every every odd behavior that we have it's i find it addictive um and and i know you haven't been doing it very long but i i kind of it's it's like a um exposition-ish kind of like it's uh where where it's just like oh let's let's see how uh, dark i can get with the you know with what whatever talking about depression or um, anxiety or what have you or or embarrassing things in my life like the more embarrassing the darker the uh, the the harder it is 
to to tell people about the more there's like oh, a push yeah. oh, to yeah. do it that's we really kind of monetize uh the 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 very things that most of the public tries to hide definitely and and i like how you said it's addictive i wonder if it's why i went back you know after the workshop class i could just be like okay i'm done this was interesting and uh mm-hmm. but probably that's the essence of why i still go and do those open mics because it's a very liberating process in a way because you talk about either your dark secret or the biggest failure or stuff that at least the stuff that i talk about which you'll see uh tonight is the things that i thought oh if if anyone finds out about this it's going to be the end of the world for me it's such a big fail such a big embarrassment um I, and now it's it's mind blowing to me that I like go out and, and tell everyone in North Carolina who comes to open mics about this and it's and that it's liberating it's also a little self compassionate because I think if people laugh I take it as a sign of they relate to me maybe yeah. they maybe they also had a similar event and they're like I don't have I don't go to all of them and ask uh, <laughs> did you have that too but if they laugh if if there's that genuine laughter uh then I kind of think oh I wasn't alone in this I thought I was alone mm-hmm. but now I find out like we are all human beings and we are all in this together and to to some extent we all experience these uh, fears secrets anxieties embarrassments and and I think that's what's uh, so beautiful about it. it's a very great moments to sort of you know i do the stand up and i'm like oh my god that was great <laughs> yeah yeah i i definitely i've always kind of pushed it a little bit it's, it's some sometimes more than others and different depending on what phase i'm kind of in in my my career but definitely i have i i go overboard i've been talking about like say depression or something i will go into it enough to make <laughs> a large section of the audience depressed just hearing, <laughs> hearing, hearing me talk about how pointless I, I feel everything is sometimes yeah um but those are also the things even even if people are a little uncomfortable and it still you know gets good laughs from uh some so, some of the i know the jokes are well well structured and yeah. i know the mechanics are there and i just know that some of it makes people uncomfortable but those are the things that um that also i'll get the most positive comments on after a show that's the things that people will like thank me for talking about Mm -hmm. you know because like you said people people have these uh these things that they never get to express and are are bottled up and it makes people feel like they're not alone yeah yeah absolutely so you uh well i First off, I don't know much about uh, about your work. I'm in the middle of an insane uh, stand-up <laughs> science tour, and I'm doing like almost a new show every night and yeah. meeting a couple people each night. But uh, but I gather that you research a lot of um, of how we influence one another. Yeah, uh, or how we fail to influence one another right. would be the probably the even more precise way of describing the things that I study. Um, so I am very interested in uh, miscommunication. So when one person tries to communicate something with one goal and they think it's working very well, and the other side is, what's wrong with this person? Mm. Uh, when that happens, I am... I don't understand what you're <laughs> saying right now. <laughs> I'm an expert of this, both in my life. I, this is nothing such. but gibberish to me right now. <laughs> 
I am sure you never experience it, but for mortals like us, this is a this is a, a quite common experience, even though we may not be aware of it all the time. And I and I identify uh, these behaviors, like just a couple examples, so that we know what we're talking about. One of the, th- the things that I studied is called humble bragging. Uh, right? It's like, oh my God. Oh, I, why, why I think do... <laughs> I know a thing or two about humble brag. Yeah, yeah. Like, why do people hit on me even in my sweatpants? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, you know, I get invited to talks all the time, podcasts, talks. I'm such a busy person. I don't know why the world wants me all the time. Like, it's just so hard to find time for things, but I'm doing my best. Or I don't know. There are like so many, so many. Or like when in job interviews, when people are asked, "What's your biggest weakness?" Oh, I'm such a perfectionist. It's so hard to deal with. Uh, or yeah, I work too hard. So we we do these things, right? And and this is one of the things that I studied. Yeah. Anytime someone's like, "I'm too much of a perfectionist," I'm just like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. can tell." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just <laughs> absolutely. It seems like brimming that's the... <laughs> with perfection. <laughs> and and um, what we find, for instance, uh, in in uh, that paper, is that people think it's the best of both worlds because you are bragging a little, like you show your great quality, but you also don't seem like bragging. Mm. Like in the moment, it feels like you're hiding it, right? Oh, why do men hit on me even without makeup? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's so confusing. I don't understand. Uh, as if so, so you mask it with a complaint, or you mask it with this false humility attempt. And but what happens is that what we find is that when people are exposed to these targets, uh, they hate it because it's so insincere and fake. So even regular bragging, just saying, you know, I am so attractive, or like I am so smart. I am so popular. Even something like that, or just straightforward complaining, something like "I am bored," "I'm exhausted," "Life is terrible." Even saying something like that is more likable uh, and more sincere than the humble brag. So humble brag is just this fake, uh, insincere thing. Even if you, even if you meant it, people like your perceivers, your observers, your audience thinks that you are very fake mm. and insincere. So that that gap that people think it works, but it's actually worse uh, than even other strategies is, is fascinating to me. So why we self-promote or when we self-promote or how we self-promote, those are very interesting questions because we probably don't know how to uh, self-promote properly. And this is one mistake in that domain. So this is one of the things that I study, for instance. But but there are other other ones as well that I can also give examples. But if you want to talk yeah, more about humble yeah, brags, yeah, no, I, I do. I've, I do. <laughs> I, um, I have so many annoying behaviors like this that I study. <laughs> Please walk Sparky for me. No way. <laughs> I'll throw in a caramel frappe. Ooh, make it a large deal. Get a sweet deal. Two dollar any size McCafe beverage on the McDonald's app. Between you and me, Sparky. I would have walked you for free. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offer valid through 4322 or participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. McDonald's app download and registration required. Well, I mean, I... This is the problem. I just have so many fantastic guests on <laughs> on my on my podcast. I don't so know. Hard. I don't always know <laughs> <laughs> what what subject we can get into because I it's always fascinating. And which direction should I take the fascinating subject matter? Um, when you so when you mentioned 
that that rather than humble bragging, people respect more when you give a sincere, when you say you're like not good at something or... or... Oh, when you brag or when you complain, it's better than humble bragging. Com- uh, humble bragging. Oh, when you straight up brag. Yeah. Like even if you say, you know, I'm great. <laughs> oh, I totally get this. Right yes. Now. Okay. Right. It's it's because it's at least it's not like I am in love with the braggart. No, but at least they are owning up their self promotion there, and there's something so sincere about that, hmm. uh, and people respect that. Uh, whereas the humble bragging is just like you're being too fake. You're just uh, that's I I I see I see it through, I see through your hmm. attempt. So uh, it's not cool. But complaining. Still better than humble bragging. Still better than humble bragging. Both wow, in terms of how people just really hate humble bragging. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's just terrible. It's it's not the best thing to do. Let's say, um, yeah. And 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 the reason I think for for this is, and and we show that too. This, um, so we care about being liked. We care about being respected. And humble bragging seems like, oh, I'm gonna get both. You know, I'm gonna signal my competence to you, but I will also seem humble to you. Uh, Yet this other dimension in social evaluation uh, that we care about a lot is the sincerity piece. Like we really want to see uh, real people, like sincere people, not not fake. And when something is fake, like a humble brag, uh, mm-hmm. it, it just it, it's more important than other dimensions. And that's why humble bragging um, is worse than both complaining and bragging. So even saying something like "I'm exhausted," "I'm so tired," someone who says that. Uh, is is liked more than someone who says, I'm so tired of signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going to ask. Um, it was about, so, so how do I, like, uh, if I then want to, um let people know how how mm-hmm. very special i am mm-hmm. um <laughs> this is a new insecurity of mine now that i'm learning about this i'm like well geez how am i gonna let people know how special i am now but without doing it in this humble brag way that's a big no-no i could straight up brag and then uh, but but that that doesn't seem like the right solution the right so- it's not the right as solution. well yeah yeah so how do, I mean, you go into a job interview. Everyone <laughs> wants to put their best foot. I I get that being um being sincere goes a long ways, but but I still want people to know that I'm you're great. Uh, yeah, that I'm yeah. great and confident. And, yeah, and absolutely. All, all these wonderful yes. things. Uh, so I think the best strategy is to find someone else brag for you, mm. uh, because then you're not the source of the brag. And it's the it's the best thing that can happen to to us. In fact, <laughs> with some of my friends, I have this bragging pact. Uh, we have this uh, agreement among us. We we are like if 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 you know if you talk to someone who doesn't know one of us and the subject comes up, please say great things. So we can we can have that pact with you too. Right. <laughs> like whenever whenever I talk about you, yeah, I'll say great things, and whenever you talk about me, you'll sure, say great yeah. Things. If you agree, of That's course. I'll, but but I think there is something so um, great about. Uh, having someone else brag for you, uh, so having a having a wingman of self promotion, so that uh, you are not the person who is doing it, so that people don't see any ulterior motive of you know, oh, you're trying to make a good impression on me because we don't like that. When people try try hard um, to self promote, we absolutely don't like it. So if someone else does it for you, it's it's great because they still learn that information. 
right? They still learn that you're great, but they don't hear it from you. Uh, so there is a lot of value in uh, having a, a self-promotion body. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's why we have recommendation letters in place, right? That's that's cr- probably the uh, the most trustworthy thing that we can have access to when it comes to uh, people's abilities. Well, definitely in, in stand-up comedy, this is a, like we'll, we'll do the show tonight and mm-hmm. the other comic on the show will introduce the show and me. To, mm-hmm. I, I host the show and sometimes I go up um cold just myself and introduce the show but um but a lot of a lot of times there will be maybe a quarter of the audience who knows who i am Mm -hmm. probably at the most Mm -hmm. you know some listeners to this podcast some people that know me from a guest on other podcasts or something like that the majority of the people in the room will have just saw the premise of the show read a little dis- bit of a description or whatever they have no idea who i am yeah and yeah. and if i'm funny or competent or any of those things and uh and i have all sorts of i have all sorts of credits along the way which are kind of these like stamps of approval they don't really mean <laughs> much like if, the any late night appearance i've been on i guarantee probably no one in the audience or maybe just a handful of people tonight has seen any of them like that it doesn't no one actually sees these things but you but putting the credits on the poster or whatever people are like ooh he was on this and that yeah. and therefore it's it's like a it's like a resume yeah you know yeah. and um but for me to go on stage and and be like welcome to the show i've had five appearances on yeah. conan o'brien uh. specials on comedy central and netflix that'd be a little awkward right? yeah yeah i i uh you know it's just a pain having to do these tv <laughs> sets all the time uh, they got another thing coming yeah. up in a couple of weeks and um so instead you have you have someone else and then that's and then my job as a host is then the guest that i introduce i you know build them up a, yeah, a, a little yeah, bit uh, yeah. too so they don't have to do it themselves that uh and so that would be that'd be nice to have like just around the workplace right yeah yeah i really wish that you know that (laughs) that person was available all the time (laughs) (laughs) and we could send them to cocktail parties or job interviews before like just like uh prepare the crowd for for me that would be that would be amazing uh that that's that's an app oh yeah a business idea we yeah, should start yeah, doing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> an app where you just hire someone oh to go God. around yeah. and introduce and you give you them information about you yourself them, yeah. <gasps> and then they really talk you up they'll be your wingman yeah. or wing lady yeah yeah like i know i know shane for years he's the best yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is well i'm now i'm gonna have to wait to release this podcast because <laughs> i'm gonna have to wait till i have this app up and going before someone else steals yes, this that's right. this great idea i i have i'm always throwing out silly ideas for inventions and apps and stuff like that on this show this is the first one where i'm like oh that's a pretty good idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i was actually thinking this is not that silly at all i mean at all. It, it may work it may really work uh, it depends well, on the it depends on the acting skills of the person who's like signs up 
Yeah. Or maybe this is just a pro-social act. You did for well, someone. Well, you get and- you get you get, uh, you get ratings. You know. Oh, you do like a really good job at some. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and then and also yeah. you can get people that are like local thespians or whatever to uh, <laughs> to do this. And it, it appears you uh, yeah. you know it'll be a different pay scale. We'll sort it out. We'll screw, sort it out. Screw yeah. this comedy and so science. So what's my commission stuff. rate on? on well, this? Uh, well, I feel like we're partners in, in oh, this. Oh, thank you. You're we, so generous. Yeah, I was going I mean, to say yes to five percent but now that you're offering this i'm i'm a real sucker <laughs> let me tell you what i'm going to need uh from you is um you're going to need to build the app uh figure out the marketing and all the things that we're kind of brainstorming here and trying to figure out the the kinks that's on you okay um got it <laughs> but you do get 50 percent. i came up with the, i'm the idea guy i had the seed of an idea and now you do all the real work okay okay um, sounds like sounds like uh yeah Sounds like a plan. I, I this is the problem. I just have too many ideas all oh, the time. It must I, you be know, so hard for you know. to come up with these creative ideas all the time. You're just so creative. You see phenomenon everywhere. I mean, where do I put my energy? <laughs> it's just there's so many great uh, ideas. These mundane experiences must be so tough for you. <laughs> so, uh, so outside of humble bragging, but uh, what are some of the other? Um, uh, ways in which people screw up influencing others sure so um another very interesting uh setting uh where we don't know what to do i think is uh is giving feedback because there are so many goals there uh you want to tell the truth maybe if there is hierarchy maybe you want to signal your status or you want to also make sure the person doesn't feel bad so there is something called backhanded compliments in our daily lives. And I'm going to give a few examples and let me know if you ever received one. Uh, I am definitely, uh, <laughs> I, I have, I've had my uh, fair share of uh, both compliments, thankfully, and backhanded compliments in life. So uh, when uh, Well, get ready because <laughs> female comedians uh, get of course. the worst backhanded compliments. You're in, pretty funny for business. a young woman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> or um, you know, your your English is pretty good for an international. Like I, I that just I I can't even pretend to think to that one because I think my English is pretty good. No, I mean for uh, in general. No, no, no uh, it's not great. I fished for a compliment and it did not work. But but th- those things do exist, and and it may be lots of things. Oh, your haircut makes your face look slim. <laughs> or you used to be wait, much more confident. Wait, what's uh, uh, your haircut makes your face look slim? That's so a backhanded that's, compliment. That's a backhanded compliment because I think that's a so nice thing to a, say. That's I. So your your intuition is right that backhanded compliments come in different types. That's mm-hmm. actually something that we looked at, and they do feel different. Like when someone says you're pretty funny for a female, or you know that's that's much more offensive than your haircut. But when they say young female, then that's a little bit like, oh. Oh, at least there's a young, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah. You know, uh, I I like how you you see the, (laughs) like, glass half full, yeah. yeah. Um, So, backhanded compliments is a praise that draws a comparison with a negative standard. And that standard can be either your past self, oh, in the past my face was fat and now it's slim, or it may be just a stereotypical standard. Oh, females are not funny. Women are not funny. And mm-hmm. I am 
funny, but only compared to other women. That that is the idea. So so basically, backhanded compliments seem like a compliment, and they give you some praise. But because they're comparing you to a negative standard, you when you because that that comparison is very salient in the sentence. When you get them, uh, you you realize, oh my God, I'm still in the lower end of the distribution. You know, I'm not the funniest one. I'm not the smartest one. I'm not the most good looking one. Only compared to this uh, group who's already on the at the lower end of the uh, spectrum, yeah. I am I am good. I like, uh, I've been doing stand-up for 15 years. I mm-hmm. like I like when I get like a, hey, stick with it. You'll get there. <laughs> I, I, I like that. That's a solid wow. one. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that is that is quite quite <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I get uh well this one this one I don't um my oh I see you have Harris Whittle's book uh Humble Humble Brides, yeah. yeah, I um, know. I was a huge fan and this was the book uh that that I read and then we were, then then I suggested to my collaborators. I said, "Why don't we just test it and compare it to Brad's?" Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. uh, that paper at least is dedicated to him. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he was very funny. Yeah, uh, heroin is a real danger. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> whoo, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I like how we have like everything in this podcast. There's a lesson for life. There's like, a yeah, comedy. Yeah. There's also, science. Don't do heroin. Kufta. Um, <laughs> um, I. Oh man! If you heard, he he did an interview on you made it weird a few months before his death, and it is bonkers. I recommend everyone check that out. Oh, um, I I get a lot of this isn't so bad, but I get a lot of because uh, uh, c- I perform in regular comedy clubs as well. I don't just do my stand up mm-hmm. science show, um, but uh, in regular comedy clubs, I'll get a lot of like, oh, I didn't think science would be funny. Or something like that, which is like that's that's not that's mm-hmm. not bad, but it's also just like I I, I don't know it, it's not it's not the best compliment. Or they'll they'll be like, I like that you didn't swear, or something <laughs> like that. And I'm like that that was your favorite part yeah. of my my act is is <laughs> the absence of a thing. Yeah. I was at a club that was so bad once. The sound system was so bad, and I figured it out from watching the other. Uh, comics to just like not use the microphone and and just project mm-hmm. and an audience member was like oh i really liked you you know what my favorite part about your act was was i could hear you <laughs> like, oh. well wow. pretty low standard wow. yeah yeah well those are not necessarily backhanded right no, because not... you're not compared to anything but right. at the same time i think these examples oh geez show us I'm so sorry <laughs> you're so that. busy i mean it I'm must be so, so hard busy it's... to be you shane I, yeah <laughs> my phone's just blowing up all the time just everyone just wanting a yeah. piece of me yeah uh, I was going to say regarding the compliments examples that you just listed. I mean, maybe we don't like it's. It, it's a question: Do we give good compliments? It's a, that's another interesting question that I like to think about because, uh, first of all, I don't think there are enough compliments in the world. Uh, I, I think, and and this is sort of something that we show with backhand compliments uh, paper as well because what we find in that paper is that people give backhanded compliments because they think it signals their status more uh, right so, so for some reason if you say you're so smart versus you're so smart for your educational background people think that saying the latter seems like oh I am better than them 
Like because it is in a way by comparing them to something, you sort of assert your superiority, uh, and and compliments somehow don't seem that way. Like we we there there are lots of mental models that people have about compliments. Like you know don't no no compliments because they look slimy. No compliments because this because that. So I really wonder if we know how to get a good compliment. That's also a very important skill in life. Mm. And after starting studying backhand compliments, my view of uh, compliments have changed. Right. Mm. I, I anytime. I give or I get a compliment, which is a very common experience, by the way. Just now, we just talked about humble bragging. Yeah, I, yeah. I must well, say. We have too many compliments <laughs> oh, to give. I know. Just yeah. like so many compliments in life for me. <laughs> I don't know how to respond even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, 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 is, it is a question. Like uh, anytime I say something nice or I hear something nice, I would really think, oh, did I sound like I'm comparing them to something? Or did they compare me to something? Or was this a good compliment or not? In in your examples, it, it looks like uh, people didn't compliment on the content, but complimented you on something that's missing, which was definitely not what we were looking for. Or I think context specificity is important too. Like if I send a great data analysis or something to my you know to my colleague, and if they say you're pretty, that, that just doesn't make sense. Right. Right. That's not what we want to hear in that that situation so right. giving giving the compliment the right way and also responding the compliment in the right way which is something i study as well is also a skill in life and it's, it's fascinating how much sometimes we fail at these things even mm. though these things should be super smooth but that kind of compliments is always almost worse than compliments mm. not almost always worse than compliments in terms yeah of- i guess the examples i was using are just bad compliments bad it'd compliments. be like if you were if you're i, I have a shirt that I, I always have like weird like tree shirts. This is like a hand tree sort of thing on my shirt. Now, if you were to say, I like your shirt, I'd be like, thanks. That's a compliment. If you were to say, I like that you don't have any stains on your shirt, I'd be like, what? Yeah, that's like, what? Yeah. Oh, you don't smell today, Oval. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you thank you yes <laughs> wonderful well, to hear well, yes i took a shower in the morning <laughs> is this normally a problem uh, let me ask you this because i i'm a, i have a pretty critical eye for stand-up comedy i can barely watch it anymore i've i've spent long before i started stand-up i watched every bit of stand-up that i could i've seen mm-hmm. So many. I used to watch hours of stand up every single day. I've seen so much. I just can't barely stomach mm-hmm. it anymore. Um, and so I, I yeah. have a very, very critical eye. Um, and but I always try to. But I'll uh, be funny for an academic tonight. For, so. Yeah. <laughs> so but, that backhanded compliment I accept. That's well, good. now I won't be able to use this on you because I'm blowing what I what I do. But usually I try to. Um, even if I see someone like making a mistake, usually I'll just try to be like, "Hey, I really liked that one joke." That I, I focus on the jokes that I actually enjoyed and compliment mm-hmm. them on that joke or two, uh, hoping to encourage them to do more of that style of yeah. comedy yeah. In, in the future. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's the proper way to go about it. I don't know if people actually like 
honest feedback sometimes. I mean, some of my close <laughs> friends, I give them more honest feedback. Be like, you got to slow down. You're talking too fast during that one part or something like that. But um, if, uh, you know, context is is important, important. in all these yeah. situations. And, and, uh, and we prefer honesty, but it's still tough in terms of emotion regulation, though, right? We feel still bad. I mean, no one says, I love negative feedback. Just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> we, we may say these things, but we don't. So that's why even saying something positive gets tricky, uh, which I find fascinating. But I would suggest staying away from backhand compliments at all costs, because we also find that they are very demotivating. So let's say, you know, um, you have a business idea, right? You just had a business idea. And let's say I say, uh, <laughs> let's say someone gives you a compliment on that. I'm not going to so, give an example. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes gives some someone gives you a backhand compliment on that. Uh, yeah, for your first app idea. Yeah, was, something uh, like that. That's not bad. Uh, so that's he, almost something that could work if it was a slightly better idea. <laughs> yeah, if exactly. If it was, but um, what we find is that if you get a compliment, it's much more likely that you would pursue the idea rather than hearing the backhanded compliments. So they they not only hurt our feelings, but they also sort of reduce our uh, self-perceived ability. Hmm. Sorry, the headphone is coming off, so I'm just doing some. I you're, hope. Okay, great. You're fine. No, no one would have been the wiser, uh, <laughs> and now everyone knows about your. your I am. I, I just want to uh, audience to know every detail here right now. <laughs> um, well, I mean. Because that's right, tricky like, because sometimes I don't I don't want to uh, I don't not everyone should be encouraged in that's every right. aspect. That's of right. Their... But maybe maybe some, saying something like this is not a good idea is not so bad yeah. than saying you know this is pretty. I think this masking is the, still the sort of this undermining um, weird thing that we try to do, trying to soften it. Uh, giving negative feedback should be allowed and acceptable when it's done in a very civilized way yeah so but i mean if you're if you're you know if if you're running away from that and create something like this backhanded compliment it's a very confusing thing then maybe that's not the best way to go yeah. that would be what i suggest of course i'm not encouraging insults <laughs> just just to be clear uh i i still i'm still a huge fan of being kind <laughs> sure yeah well I, as a comedian who gets feedback all of the time from this is this is one of the downsides of of putting yourself out there of getting TV spots of making a podcast of making yeah, anything publicly people criticize, people, people criticize and I would I would almost much rather someone just uh, insult me and like call me some stupid name <laughs> because I know that person's just an idiot that doesn't know anything about yeah, me and probably yeah. has like poor tastes and. It's just like some child that wants to hurt people's feelings or whatever. Yeah. And it kind of doesn't really bother me. But then someone will like give give negative feedback that is like accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're kind of right. They'll, yeah. they'll have like a, I'll yeah. see a comment on YouTube moment, about my set. I'm like, we all oh, had that moment shoot. In life. And oh, that they're right. right. That was right. <laughs> I actually <laughs> learned something <laughs> from it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, hmm. I, I wonder, I wonder how much there is in individual differences in people's ability to, to take criticism, to, uh, to use it in a constructive way to move forward. Or if it, I, I mean, it also depends on like 
in my situation. And yeah. I, like if things are going well for me and and someone has a negative comment, I'm like, yeah, well, a lot of other people are are yeah. enjoying my stuff right now. Where if I'm struggling a little more, then it's just like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yep. So there's all these there's a myriad of factors that definitely go definitely. Into this. And and um it's it's also yeah, it's just like the I think there are so many uh individual differences of course. Uh but at the same time the situations that we are in put us into um into context that we are more likely to engage in these behaviors, right? Like, why do we have the term humble bragging now? Um, I think the, the concept existed for years, right? It's it's the I'm a perfectionist thing probably existed since the job interview started in the world. Uh, yet we have it now and and the way I think about it, you know, there's social media, everything is visible now. There's this competition war for attention, followers, likes. Uh, so there's the world is just like okay promote yourself you we have all we all have our individual page like how interesting is that sometimes sometimes I really think about this like do we really need to have a page where people can see my bio and photos and friends and what I did last night but we do and we enjoy it so there's that and 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 I think I think uh, similar to backhand compliments, I mean, maybe, you know, if you lived in a world without hierarchy, like if we were all equal status and nothing mattered, like feedback didn't matter, evaluations didn't matter, then maybe we wouldn't have that. But it's it's not the case, right? Some some people are really like higher and they want to assert their status. Some people are uh, not and they're looking for feedback. So so I do agree with your, with your intuition that uh, there are Definitely individual differences, but I also would argue that uh, some situations do put us in context where we are more likely to engage in this behavior. Uh, and and just like many other things that I, I study, for instance, I can I go on with the other other things or yeah, you, up to yeah. yeah. Well, so, I mean, I do. Can I? Of course, go for I have, it. I have one question. So when you talk about studying these things, how are you actually study what 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 do these studies look like? Uh, so we, I, I'm an experimental, so I love experiments. So basically we put people into different groups and in every uh, group, every condition, uh, they get uh, you know they interact with uh, let's say someone who gives them a backhand compliment or someone who gives them a compliment or similar with humble brags. Or if if we want to make them humble brag or brag uh, <laughs> or give a compliment. We we just tell them, okay, let you know your goal in this interaction is to be as to seem as likable as you can. And of course, a lot of people give compliments there. Uh, but if I tell them, okay, you you uh, let them know that you have higher status than them without telling them, okay, I'm higher than you. Uh, and if the choices are compliment or backhand compliment, they do that. So we run lots of experiments and mm. uh, look at people's decisions. Uh, by assigning them either different goals or um, exposing them to different uh, conditions, treatments, we call. So I run experiments. But I also run lots of surveys and get examples from people mm. uh, so that I document that these behaviors are indeed common and things that we all experience at some point in our lives. How good are you at getting people to humble brag? Uh do I need to do anything? I think like just, just just going to any Twitter feed right now would be enough to come up with uh, examples. So I don't know if I'm, 
I wouldn't take credit. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not the reason to make people uh, humble brag. Uh, okay. But but uh, yeah, it's not it's not that hard to to find examples of the, these things. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good answer for uh, you know as yeah, far as academics I know, go. I know. <laughs> All right, we got humble brags. We got backhanded compliments. Yeah, I'll give you a list now so that you which one seems most interesting to you. We can talk okay. about it. But these are- we have we have uh, up to twelve minutes. Wonderful. So another thing I studied, which is a little similar to the first two I talked about, is name dropping. Um, you know, when people mention uh, na- uh, high-status uh, names. You know you know who I heard about name-dropping from first? Who? Matt Damon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he told me all about it. Um, oh, Matt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. You and him go go way back. Well, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I mean, we know each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and great example, because you casually inserted his name, right? It's it's not like, we don't just mention names when they come up. We just casually insert these names. Oh, you know what? At Princeton, we used to have bagels for breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, mentioning Princeton in that sentence <laughs> is very irrelevant information. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, pe- people do these things all the time because, again, we want to you know, signal the high status thing, but we also want to make it casual and sort of drop it. So that's one thing, which is a little similar to the ideas that we talked about with humble bragging, since both are very um, self-promotion techniques. Although I think name dropping is also a networking technique, right? When we are in a networking situation, which is another situation in life that we don't know what to do. How horrible are these networking events? Like if something is called networking event, I just <laughs> just want to uh, freeze myself in the in the whole hallway. And don't know what to do. Well, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I think these behaviors come up not because we are bad people. These behaviors come up because, number one, in some situations, they may provide some use, some benefits. And they also come up because they happen in situations where we don't know what to do exactly. Like there's some sort of a norm, but it's loose. There's one goal, but nobody knows how to get there. Uh, that's that's one thing that I, I see as very common between these behaviors. Another thing that I study is this this phrase, I told you so. It's uh, where we announce we were right <laughs> and and really annoy uh, the other other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's basically not productive at all. Like saying that phrase is not productive at all, yet we look at different languages and in every language there is that phrase. Uh, like there's a Turkish version of I told you so, there's a German version of I told you so, or like the languages that we looked at, um, which is fascinating because it's like how much we like being right and how proud we get when we are right. Uh, and we say it even though it doesn't provide any benefit, neither to me as an advisor, because people then don't follow my advice again, nor to the person because they don't learn. They just get angry with that statement. No one says, oh, you were right. That's right. You were right. Everyone is like, right. just don't well, say that. I Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone, I don't think most mindful people want to ever say that. But sometimes <laughs> there's just like this pressure inside of you. It's exactly. just like, oh, I have uh, to, I just have you know, to attack this uh, person. Uh, I know. I love this comment because this is such a common, and, and this definitely is, my reaction too. I know that we should not say it and it's not like I say it every time, right? But sometimes you just get that urge because you're like, 
uh, but I did, I did have the right answer yeah. in like in time one. When See, we, when I told you. <laughs> oh, that's how it yeah. goes sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it it is, and this is this is like this is maybe um, a situation about giving advice. Like we are asked for advice all the time. Do we know what to say when uh, things happen in the way we expected or in the way that we didn't expect? We probably don't know, and that's why we make um, these these uh, mistakes. Another thing that I studies, by the way, this is a little different because this is a more common sets of behaviors that people have identified. But this name exists in the all of these terms. By the way, are terms that are created by the people. I don't come up with like. I didn't come up with the word humble brag or this or that. I wish you invented. I told you so. <laughs> I wish we could track down the inventor, right? The first like guy to say, <laughs> "I told you so." Who said that? And I bet, I bet he died shortly <laughs> afterwards. Very, very plausible hypothesis, I think. <laughs> yeah. So another another term that you probably have heard of. Uh, I I mean, all of us have heard of it. I didn't mean that you would know this term. Oh my God, now it's going to look funny when I say the term. Uh, I study, it's okay. I, this, okay. Will, this will make for a funny story for me to share with uh, Joel McHale later. <laughs> Great. So we also study mansplaining. Uh, these sets of behaviors that... Uh, no, 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 no. I, I got it. I got this one. <laughs> Thank you for explaining. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it, it's a term that people created. Uh, it's a very loaded term. So compared to other ones, when when I ask people about, you know, have you ever experienced when someone told you, I told you so, or have you ever said it? Like people give answers. When I ask people, have you ever been mansplained? There are a lot of emotions that come up uh, depending on whether they think they have experienced it or they they did not. But well, as you can see, like all of the exact definition of mansplain. Mansplain, yeah. So we are trying to come up with that, and people people have lots of different criteria. Uh, by the way, I think what we find is that men also experience mansplaining. So I wouldn't say it's only mostly women, but some men do experience mansplaining too. And the way that, uh, and maybe we should call it status explaining, not just mansplaining, because even though mansplaining is a thing that bothers people in the workplace and professional life a lot, we also get lots of response from our participants. What about famsplaining? You know, my wife explains and gives instructions to me all the time about how to do things at home. So that's another version. But basically what, what we um, come up with is that the explainer explains things to the recipient without realizing that they have more and better information than them, right? Uh, and it can it can come up in, in many forms. So I'm an, I'm an assistant professor of organizational behavior. I teach negotiations and someone comes up to me and says, oh, you know what's the best negotiation tactic? Uh, that's, that's like, if, if they don't have the same level of studies expertise, that would be that would be one example. This is a I mild see. example, but uh, when we, when we ask people, uh, women especially experience it in so many ways about different things, you know, how computers work, how technology works, how uh, grills work, how sports work. Uh, and and the, and a lot of people get either offended by it or, or a little uh, irritated by it. A lot of people let it go as well. Uh, but it, it, even though the term is mansplaining, and I think... Uh, 
in the workplace, it is a common experience for women of different status to experience it. Uh, the, the core of the definition is not uh, necessarily the gender, but the person who's explaining uh, due to their higher status or more years or stereotypical beliefs about women or their abilities, they just explain things even though the recipient either already knows it or knows much more than them. Yeah, so that's the that's the uh, definition. So if I come up to you and you know try to explain how stand up works, right? I get audience explained <laughs> all the time. Oh, audience man. explained, yeah, yeah. People yeah. always come up to me afterwards. Oh, with you should have. Very oh. helpful. Hints oh my goodness, about how yeah. comedy works because uh, it, 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 they've this is their first ever comedy show that they've been to. And it, <laughs> I, 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 um. I partially, uh, I shouldn't even say I partially know how women uh, feel, but I've, I've gotten a, a slight taste of it because yeah. of, because audiences, because I'm a dry person and I have audiences, male and female, come up to me all the time and be like, you should smile more yeah. on stage. Like, did you just tell me to smile more, yeah. asshole? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I get audience explained. Yeah, um, that's definitely uh, irritating. Not, not, a, not a good experience. Yeah. Um, my, you know, my listeners don't, my listeners don't pods, pods plain. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I've ever had. I, well, that's, that's, uh, here's a, a great compliment for my listeners. I'm not sure I've ever had a, a listener <laughs> mansplain how I should do my podcast. Oh, wonderful. Me. I've gotten some, some good job good feedback and everything, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't think. Uh, and I'm sure they have some ideas. Yeah, but I've never gotten that email. Yeah, but but you can you can imagine, and these are things that we are studying right now. So I, you know, I need we need I need to wait until the data collection. But you can imagine, depending on the domain of area we are talking about, uh, the likelihood of experiencing some sort of um, inappropriate explaining uh, may increase. Like you you are a male stand-up comedian, and and. Being funny is associated with men because being creative, being smart, being competent, these are unfortunately, stereotypically, more uh, male uh, attributes. And maybe you don't. But imagine you were a knitting expert. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people uh, may, may have or, or you know, I am giving this example right, right now as a knitting is just this, you know, unfortunately, that's a female stereotypical area. So. You can imagine what happens, you know, when what happens to young female surgeons or what happens to young female um, lawyers. Uh, so even though it's 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 definitely, you know, I, I agree that um, gendered terms uh, lead to these uh, divisions because you know people don't like hearing that one behavior is associated associated with gender. Yet, uh, because some areas are so associated with. Um, male dominance or male attributes, stereotypically, uh, the super wonderful expert woman in those areas may try to, or like if you're an IT expert as a woman, uh, probably a lot of men explain things. Uh, this is what we find with our data too. So that's the that's the um, part for me. The other sort of, this is more philosophical about language that things that I think about, because when I ran these surveys in these online studies, we have something called mTurk where we can uh, put a study online and people take it mm -hmm. um, from the link. For cents, for like <laughs> yeah. twenty well, it's not, cents. It's not that cheap anymore. At least, I, well, it is still cheap. You are right. It's still much cheaper than lab experiments. That's definitely true. Uh, 
some some people were, oh no, I haven't experienced it. Or some people say, I have experienced it and here is what happened. And some people are tr- try to explain uh, to the researcher, which is in case it's me, uh, how, how it's not a thing. Oh, let me explain. Let me tell you how it's not a thing. Uh, and I was very surprised by that because we have a lot of terms that are negative, that are associated with female gender, like drama queen. Like, why do we, why are we okay with drama queen? I mean, I think drama prince would make sense. Prince is someone who goes house to house with a shoe to, to find the woman they danced with last night. Like, that, that's a very drama thing, I think. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a very big drama. Uh, but, that, but, that, but the term is, term is drama queen. Okay. Or, or we have another term called resting... Yeah. X face resting. Uh, I I probably wouldn't be. Able, can I say that word in the I, podcast? I'll, I'll say Rest, bitch for you. <laughs> yeah, resting right? and, bitch face. And that's a that's not a that's not an okay term. Yet no one questions yeah. it. Uh, or queen bee. Like we have all these terms that are not nice, and they're associated with. There are so many. I mean, being a drama queen. Can we say it's just a female thing? No. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and, and, especially guys like guys getting like fist fights. That's. <laughs> That's pretty Quite dramatic, drama. but it's, it's never. It, no one. No one's just like, oh, drama. No one says that. Drama prince is so over the, here. The, I like. I'm gonna start spreading around drama prince. Yeah, I, drama I prince is. I think word. right. Drama prince. It just makes. It's just a better term. I mean, and then we're, we're and we're uh, not not <laughs> to perpetuate gender stereotypes too much, but uh, I mean, aren't I feel like men are kind of driven to get more attention to themselves and advertise a, a, a little bit more. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with, with the drama. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, like there, there's just so much research on this. And, and I think, I mean, the way I see it, there are of course uh, differences in the, in the ways that, you know, unfortunately there's still not equality. We don't get same opportunities and stuff like that. It's very much proven, but in the same, in the same ways that we, I study these behaviors. I think, oh, we're all human beings and we are likely to do these things or experience these things. Yet, when a term is very much associated with male gender, there are so many, uh, there are so many um, uh, almost backlash that I receive. And I understand it. I don't want to make the, t- I didn't make this term. This term existed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just studying it. And if people say they're experiencing it, I think that warrants an investigation of the phenomenon. Uh, it's a social, cultural phenomenon, I think. Uh, yet, uh, it's it's so fascinating that it, people are so protective that there is no... I mean, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be happy if the, if the terms for males and females are equal number, but it is, it is interesting to think about. This project definitely made me think about why queen bee or drama queen is okay and mansplaining is not. And maybe both shouldn't be okay. Maybe we should come up with, maybe not drama prince, but maybe it should be drama person. You know, you're such a drama person. <laughs> or mansplaining is status explaining. Whenever people think they have the expertise, whether you're the person at home who's taking care of uh, all of the stuff or whether you're at work, uh, have worked there for 30 years, you shouldn't just assume the newcomer is... Uh, clueless and just explain things. Maybe that should be the, um, but it's it's amazing how people are so protective of the um, uh, male gender when it comes to terms. I believe it. Yeah, it is. Thank you for. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah because because well some some people were very much on board with term that it's a thing and some men too 
but some people are are not very much on board. I just uh, I I had to clarify because I'm not uh, I'm not terribly hip, and I'm not like <laughs> down with the. It, it, it always takes me like at least six six months or a year or whatever before <laughs> past everyone else before I'm I'm not like following the trends. I don't pay attention to like I don't scroll through Twitter or Facebook or anything and see hashtags and those sorts of things. So I don't. I actually just found out like a month ago that well part of it is I just I don't date I'm in a I'm in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. and so this congratulations is, this is oh thank that's you that's uh, so always this, a success in, this in, in might, life so far so good great but this might factor into why I don't know this one I didn't know that Netflix and chill was like <laughs> do you want to come up for coffee I didn't know that that's what it meant I thought Netflix and chill just literally meant like do you want to watch Netflix? But then, so I was like, I was asking friends and like so family. So wait, what does it like, mean? Netflix it mean, and chill. Maybe we like, are in the same like, boat, and no, I'm not even yeah, a long term yeah. relationship. Yeah, no, you and I are on a date, and yeah? then I'm like, hey, you want to come up on Netflix and chill? So that means what? Like, uh, do you want to come up for coffee? It's a oh. sexual innuendo. Oh, I see. Do you, oh. do you know? Do you, you know? Do you <laughs> I, want to come up for coffee? Right? I, I, this, I thought, this may be I a think, cultural. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but I think I think it's. I think. Do you want to come upstairs? In my mind, is the. <laughs> Oh, the upstairs part is the. What if it's downstairs? <laughs> what if I get a basement place? For some reason, I, for some reason, in my mind, the coding for that uh, indirect uh, sexual interest is: Oh, do you want to come upstairs and have a drink? I wouldn't. When when you said do you want to come up for coffee? Okay, it's up. Still, it's the home. Yeah. I, I, when you said do you want to come up for coffee, I thought let's meet for coffee outside, and I'm like, no, it doesn't sound weird. But I agree. I agree. Yeah. Now I got it. I'm on board. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like good, at the end of the day. Good uh, training well, for no, me. Well, no, I'm. Well, now we both know. I just found out very, very recently. Oh my God! Netflix and chill Netflix means and that. Netflix and chill means that. <gasps> I've been saying I to, have like, so my many things to tell and my friends and stuff. <laughs> About this. And yeah, this is a, this is a this would be a good story to tell in uh, in one of my stand up routines. Yeah, go for it. Because it looks like I just didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I'm saying I didn't. I, neither of us are hip. But yeah. you were hipper than me because I was I was still fairly unfamiliar with mansplaining, and so <laughs> I just got mansplained, mansplaining. Uh, yeah. And uh, we we learned so much today. Um, I got to start wrapping up because we got to go and do stand up science. That's right. We, we are. Uh, we got to get moving here. Um, I'm excited for the show tonight. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for a lot. being on Stand Up Science. I have my guest each week. Plug. A uh, nonprofit of their choice. Did you have one in mind? Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to say Project Sunshine. It's a, it's right. a yeah. Uh, it's a nonprofit that helps uh, children and their families when um, I mean during their treatment, both psychologically and also with the things that they may need. So that sounds terrific. It's as worthy of cause as any as I can think of. <laughs> And uh, there's so many causes that uh, I have. Yeah, always we know all of them, and, and <laughs> yeah, we are we are such great people. Like uh, all all virtue. I'm, always, I'm I'm full of virtue. I mean, it's just like it's there's. I, I'm always having so busy just. Yeah, promoting I'm so nice. You know, I'm just so nice. People take advantage of it, but it, I'm just. Uh, yeah. I have such a great heart. Oh, God, tell me about it. <laughs> full of love. How do you? Uh, last thing. How do you get people to? uh stop 
mansplaining. Do you think that this is a do you think that this is a natural process of of defining now that the term mansplaining is out there, now that we've defined the issue, this is like it's almost like um we're it's almost like a universal or cultural like mindfulness yeah uh, you know it's like a labeling technique but yeah. on, a, on a cultural level yeah and and now we can identify this thing that that was that was there but we weren't quite putting our finger on it yeah. and, and do you think that will kind of naturally just like just like humble brag wasn't a thing <laughs> until harris whittles put out his his book mm-hmm. um do you think that that will naturally people will become more mindful of mansplaining and, and stop themselves from doing it? Is it is it something so listeners right now, mm-hmm. they're like, well, I'm just finding out about this mansplaining stuff as well. And I don't I don't want to be guilty of and annoying mm-hmm. people at a party with my mansplaining. But I still want to sound smart. <laughs> what what am I to do? Uh- yeah, so I wish, so it's great that we know these things and we know the um, either the cause of it or the consequences of these things. Uh, and I wish that as human beings, just knowing about a, a mistake or bias would help us, but unfortunately not. So because I'm... A- it's like when you get nervous on stage and then like you're, you know, you're, you're blushing or whatever, that only makes the situation worse. worse. It's, it's exactly. not like all of a sudden you're like, okay, so I'll just loosen up my throat now exactly. and unblush my face. No, it, it, <laughs> that it doesn't work. And, and even for the, so these are some social situations that we think about, but as a, as a sort of, again, behavioral science researcher, even for our, just like when the decision only involves ourselves, we are not good, right? We all know that we shouldn't text when we drive. We all know that we should exercise. We all know that we should eat healthily. Yet, uh, when the when the situation comes up, you know, when I'm between choosing an apple versus a toasted bagel with like, you know, a muffin. Cream cheese, and, and, and maybe a little <laughs> tomato on top. Uh, we, we all know what we should do, yet we fail. Um, and this is true for social situations as well. So, eat I wish just educating people on this and just being aware of these things would uh, uh, exterminate these behaviors, but unfortunately not. So I think we need some systematic um, uh, environments in place. So uh, again, one of the main uh, main insights and one of the lessons of behavioral science is that context and your environment determines your behavior. Uh, so we need these things in the environment in place to prevent these behavior. And one of the things that we are looking at for mansplaining right now is that maybe we should really emphasize females' expertise when we can, like with the titles. Oh, these, this is like Dr. Uh, Smith rather than Jane. Uh, and, you know, and, and it sounds a little maybe too simple, but but we really need to um, uh, have like come up with with environments in place uh, that that sort of emphasize what we need because what we find in our experiments is that when the when the female expertise is emphasized, uh, then then this be- these type of behaviors are not as much as when the female expertise is not ex- uh, emphasized. Uh, so that's just one one thing that I'm looking at right now as, you know, how can we reduce it? And this is one way maybe. Uh, and I would argue for all these behaviors, it's it shouldn't be, oh, now I know about it and I'm better at it. I know humble bragging is bad, yet I catch myself humble bragging. I mean, sadly, <laughs> I would say it and I would be like, oops, oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> that was humble brag. And, 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 
and uh, just knowing about it, unfortunately, wouldn't prevent it. So we need to create the right environment um, for for our um, uh, social navigation in this world. Um, yeah. So. Well, that's terrific. I'm going to end the show with two silly questions for you. <laughs> One, and don't say it yet. Okay, I'm waiting. I want to know your favorite bagel, but I'm going to say one, two, three, and we're going to say it at the right time. Oh, favorite bagel. Yeah, favorite kind of bagel. You go okay. in, you got, okay, ready? Okay. One, two, three, pumpernickel. Everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, close. You were close, but pumpernickel <laughs> is the correct bagel. Um, and Good to know. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I'm just mansplaining bagels to you. Um, and don't say I didn't tell you so when you, when you go and get pumpernickel bagel. And you're like, oh, okay. you were right. Um, and then uh, lastly, for real, can we make that app together? The the wing the wing person. Oh yeah, I business? would love to. All right, uh, terrific. I would love to. All right, well, wonderful. Ovul Cesar, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. And thank you, listeners, for being such wonderful, curious people. We'll talk with you next week. Next week on the Here We Are podcast, talking with Dr. Paul Eastwick, Associate Professor at University of California, Davis. He runs the Attraction and Relationship Research Laboratory. This is, you know, way in the wheelhouse of the podcast. We talk a lot about relationships. We talk a lot about the dating apps, why dating apps uh, fail, and when they work, what they can do to be improved. Uh, how the data is collected, how it could be, how people can be p- um, paired up better, that sort of thing. Uh, really terrific, interesting episode. Make sure and tune in. And don't forget, Michael Meditations next January. Stuff should be up on the website. Um, by now, we've been getting a good number of replies from you guys. Been pretty encouraging i think we're like half full or already at least with people that are seriously interested if not totally signed up yet because we've still hadn't um figured out the exact price and everything else we're gauging the interest first to deciding um which hotels we're going to accommodate um, how many people and trying to decide all that and i think we have that all figured out by the time that you're hearing this so come and do legal psilocybin mushrooms in jamaica with me next january it will be a real good time it's like my fifth time doing it now and it's just been life-changing for a whole lot of people so uh very cool i i hope that um you get a chance to think about it and check that out check out my documentary psychonautics atomics exploration of psychedelics thanks for all the reviews with that those are all really helpful and uh those of you that listen all the way to the end you are of course my favorites music brought to you this week by the long hunt
Fans Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.